Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Last First Date Radio, featuring interviews with experts in dating, relating, and mating in midlife. And now, here's your host, Sandy Weiner. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Last First Date Radio. This is Sandy, and I am the confidence, communication, and love coach for women over 40. I love bringing you my special guests every Tuesday, and today I am going to be interviewing sex and relationship and dating expert Wendy Newman, and we're going to be talking about first date success secrets. So often we screw up the first date, and people wonder why, like, what's going on? Why didn't he call me back? So you're going to find out today how you can do really well on first dates and and really show up as your as your best self and be memorable and make him feel good. So I can't wait to hear what Wendy has to share. And um just want you to know, I'm not sure if you if you're aware of my group program. I just am introducing a brand new program that starts next Monday. January 15th, 2018. So if you're listening to this in the recording, um, there's still time to get in. It is called the Woman of Value Love Mastery Program, and it is going to feature everything that I teach in private coaching but in a group setting. So everything from unraveling your dating patterns from the past and all your love blocks and your family blueprint and how you got to be where you are today, all the way to first date success tips and online dating success. You're really going to redo profiles and each person is going to get private attention and you get a half hour of free coaching on top of your uh, bi-monthly group program um, meetings and we're meeting on videos so everybody gets to see each other there's a private group there's tons of bonuses including my ace the date course which teaches you how to be a first date success so there's also a book about how to stop uh, dating narcissists and people who are emotionally dangerous for you lots of goodies Um, so I go to lastfirstdate.com forward slash epic love. I think that's the um, the URL for it. Um, and I will include it in the show notes for today's show. And every week I bring you a tip on how to be a woman of value. And this week's tip is step number 28, which is your past doesn't limit you. Uh, so many people think that because you had a relationship past that was less than uh, – toe-curling and epic, um, that you think that you can't achieve the kind of love that you want. And actually, Wendy Newman is a perfect example of somebody who did the work and found her partner, and we're going to talk about that in just a minute. So please don't let your past determine your future. And and for that matter, don't let other people's past determine who they are today. I, I think we, we really um, do a disservice both to ourselves and to the people we're dating, when we assume anything about them or us based on our past experiences. I think everybody has the opportunity to heal and grow and become the best version of themselves if they do the right work. Um, And that's what I absolutely love doing, and I'm sure that Wendy is going to echo everything I just said. Um, So the last thing I'm going to say before I bring Wendy on is if you're not yet a member of my private Facebook group, which is called Your Last First Date. Don't forget the your. 
um, join us. The conversation there is positive. It's supportive. It's juicy. It's a place where women can go to ask questions that come up during the dating and relationship process. Everything from uh, we had a whole question that came up yesterday about shaving your private parts. And um, so pretty much everything is a go there. Uh, Not everything. I mean, it's all, you know, with a positive learning and growing um, focus. Um, I'm very, very clear about the guidelines and I, I uphold them. I've kicked people out for being unkind to each other. So if you want to be supported among 2020 of your peers, join my Facebook group, Your Last First Date. All right, so we're going to talk about first first date success secrets revealed with Wendy Newman. She's a dating success sex, ugh, okay, let me start this again. She is a dating sex and relationship expert and she's led hundreds of workshops to thousands of people all around the world. She has done extensive research with men to help understand their point of view. Woohoo! She's a compassionate fellow dater, and she navigated her way through 121 first dates before she met her partner, Dave. She has a book out that's called 121 First Dates, How to Succeed. I can't talk today. How to Succeed at Online Dating, Fall in Love, and Live Happily Ever After, Really. It's a part tell-all, part dating guide. So welcome to the show, Wendy. Oh, Sandy, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. In fact, I'm excited to talk to you because every topic you just mentioned, I wanted to totally chime in on. So this is going to be delightful. (laughs) I had a feeling. (laughs) And hopefully you can speak better than I can today. Ah, We'll trip our words together. It'll be great. All right. (laughs) I like to trip together. So, um, yeah, let's. Let's talk about the first dates. So first, before we get into first date success, um, you went on 121 first dates. Um, So what did you learn along the way? Like what was one of your top lessons that you learned? Oh, my gosh. I learned so much, even all the way to the very end, that if I had known sooner would have just saved me so much time and grief, you know, which is why Mm. I wrote the book. Um, One of the things though that we talk about like it's an important thing but it also sounds a little bit goal oriented is really becoming clear about what it is you want and that was clear from the very beginning I mean I I had a four page list that was (laughs) single spaced for 12 point font right I I mean I had a list and it and I was and I stuck to my list which is why it took me so damn long right but with the four page list On it, many things conflicted with each other, like having one thing on a list canceled out something else on the list, and I was still, I was awake about it, so I was still willing to hold on and know that what I was asking for was nearly impossible, right? (laughs) But, But having this monster list didn't really give me any a call in, per se, right? So if, if, Sandy, if you saw me and we were going out to coffee and you said, hey, you know, I know a couple of single guys, Wendy, what are, you, what are you looking for? I would have uh-huh. had to roll my eyes back into my head to dig through that four-page list. Uh-huh. So, so to really, 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 really distill, distill down the real true, even if they're not exciting, the real true five to eight core things that you need 
that made all the difference. The minute I could ramble off those five, six, seven, eight things off the top of my head, I want him to be uh-huh. kind of just like me. I want him to be a real smarty pants, a little bit irreverent. He has to be a wordsmith. I know that sounds shallow, but I'm a writer. <laughs> he needs to, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> so yep. he needs to be chivalrous, right? Once I could ramble off the eight, guess who started coming into my life on almost every date I had after that? Mm-hmm. Men with those men with those eight qualities or five qualities. So yeah, the universe needs some clarity. Universe doesn't yeah, do and, well with four-page lists, right? And and we we get distracted by the wrong things too. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was speaking to a woman yesterday who's engaged, and she told me she's Indian, and the man she's marrying is white. You know, I don't know Anglo-Saxon. Who knows what? What you know? But not Indian. Right. And her parents. Right. They, she's from England, he's from Colorado. I mean, they had such a different background, and she never really took it seriously that they were kind of dating. Like, she just, her parents had this idea in mind that she had to be with an Indian man. And she went on this, this um, speed dating thing. She told me how awful it was. 60, 60 men, <laughs> I've never heard of anything <gasps> like this. They each crazy. got two minutes. Two minutes. She said she was so obnoxious by the end. She was telling them, like, can you ask me a different question, please? Like, come on. And (laughs) so, you know, then she meets this guy, and they get along great. And, you know, and it was, he's just a fabulous man, and they're going to work it out. And because the core stuff mattered, and she said that there were so many men who were Hindu and other Indian religions that were hypocrites, like they were, you know that it really they weren't really true to the religion that their parents held as so important and so mm-hmm. after going through what you think your list should be you know somebody who's hindu who's indian who's this who's that and you realize that those are not really things that make your heart sing and so you know those 5 to 8 traits are things that are really going to be compatible with you and are going to make you really happy yeah, and I recommend that women and men put on their list. I always speak to women, so I just threw in the word men there, but I'm really speaking to women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Some men listen. I, I think, yeah, that what, what I really want on your list really support you, but not support you, I don't mean financially, I mean really empower you. Empower you mm-hmm. in a way that both hands are firmly planted on your back pushing you forward into the world, going, you go. You be the best, biggest, baddest you that you could be, whatever your heart's desire, whether it's to be a CEO or a stay-at-home mom or whatever that is, right, that he mm-hmm. sees you and he loves that about you and he is dying to have you have that and that he wants you filter off to be exactly who you are. That's, mm. that's one of the things that you should be looking for. I love and that. I didn't know and I needed I didn't I didn't know I needed that until I had it. Yeah, to champion you. And men need that too. Men need yeah. women to uphold their dreams. And we often end up with people and we're disappointed and we're you know, we're criticizing, we're emasculating because we wish they were some other way. And it's it's just so important to like the person you're with and want them to be the best version of themselves. Totally agree with yeah. that. Yeah, and that's so, where men's true success can really shine is mm-hmm. if he's well supported by his partner, anything's possible. 
Mm-hmm. Right? Anything is possible. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you hear this from men all the time. She she supported me and made me the man I am today. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a constant in a good relationship, and and women do the same. And I think women often come across as way too independent. I don't need a man, and we can get into a whole hour discussion on that. So let's let's talk about the yeah. the thing that sabotages women on a first date. What what have men said that they wish women wouldn't do? Men wish that we would find out who they are instead of trying to find out what their status is. So Mm. oftentimes where we feel objectified like a sex object, they feel objectified like a wallet object. And, no, we can't ask out, so how much do you make a year, right? So we're thinking about it. Oh, you work for Google? How long have you worked there? How many people do you Uh manage, right? (laughs) Doing the math. Uh What's your title? Is it a C-suite title? So so they wish that we wouldn't do that thing and that we'd ask them questions that would lead to getting to know his heart and his intention and what he was up to. And both men and women want that. So instead of the basic checklist questions to see if they qualify, a better question to ask and a great question to ask if you ever get stuck in a 60 person speed dating event <laughs> <laughs> is what do you love about your life? Mm-hmm. And, I like and that, that gives them that it's so open-ended that they could be shallow and quick with it or they could really go deep and you could just go back and forth for five hours on well, what else do you love about your life and imagine how much you would get to know about someone. Mm. I love that question. Yeah, I, so, you know, in all fairness, I think women ask those questions about the C-suite. I had a client once who only wanted to date men in the C-suite, and I knocked that out of her. But it's <laughs> it's often because they they need to feel secure and safe. And yeah. they're, especially at this age, and my clients are, you know, usually in the 50s to, to late 60s range, um, they don't want to be supporting a man. So there are a lot of men who don't have a means to make a living. Um, and, and let's let's take this for example. So there's a woman in my group who's dating a man who's who is an artist, and he lives in his studio, and it's freezing cold in New York where he lives. And and she's much of she has money, and she lives in a beautiful apartment, and she struggles with how to navigate this relationship because she really cares about him but the fact that he doesn't earn enough money to live in a place where he has heat on the weekends when the the heat is turned off um because it's a studio where he works um it could be an issue um so she didn't negate him because he wasn't wealthy but how would you suggest you know in in a situation like that i know it's getting a little off topic but um, you know, where there is such an uneven earning power. Yeah, I'm happy to go off topic. And this is going to be, there isn't a one answer fits all humans scenario for this. Um, I've learned something recently that I went, oh, that's what's happening. On one hand, wealthy women, and I'm not saying your client is wealthy, but wealthy women have a luxury of doing what wealthy men do. I could never figure it out when I saw the Real Housewives of wherever, right? The Real Housewives of New York. (laughs) And on the Real Housewives of New York, 
they're flirting with the hot 22-year-old virile bartender, right? And mm-hmm. I, I would scratch my head and think, why the hell are they bothering with that guy? But that's because I'm a normal person and as a, not a rich person. And as a normal person, my girly interior, interior animal, right, my, my human instinct is to find someone that can help provide for me. And that 22-year-old bartender is not going to do the trick if I'm living in Manhattan, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that guy wouldn't get my attention at all, and I couldn't figure mm-hmm. out why all these ladies were fawning over him. But once you've got your survival handled with your finances, then you have the luxury to look at status as youth and beauty and virile. So th- just like men can look at women with youth and beauty, right? So not not all the time, some men, as we know, right? right? <laughs> so, so that said, if she has enough to take care of herself, she has a bit of a luxury to decide what her line is, what's her deal breaker, what's going to empower her, and what does she want more? What's apparently for him the cost of entry to be in relationship with him, right, the price of admission is to be cool with how he has chosen to live his life. So my first recommendation is to not try and change him. This is who he is. And now you get to decide for yourself who you're going to be. And not from Mm -hmm. a judgment standpoint. There's no good, bad, wrong, should, shouldn't in here. You get to say, you get to have preferences about your life and your lifestyle. If you're Mm -hmm. looking for someone who makes what you make, so you guys can run off to Tahiti every weekend because that's what you're up to because you didn't have kids and that was your promise to yourself, cool, you should have that, but then you shouldn't date this guy. Or if, right. he can comfort, or if he can comfort you and bring out the best in you and be the most amazing person you've ever been with and, it, and the money isn't important as compared to all the other qualities, cool, you should be with that. But uh-huh. you get to say, and, and, and you don't have to be critical with yourself about it. You can be gentle. Mm, I like that. I think we need to be more gentle with ourselves and also know what what it is that we really need. And if it's going to feel like a disappointment or a regret all the time, then don't go for it. But if your needs are being met, then you know, then you can set a boundary around how much does this person live in your home and do you ask for some, you know, some some payments. Um, if he's going to be staying there a lot, you know, it's it's all negotiable, I think, and yeah. you know, and I think people do feel better, especially men. Men, for the most part, they like to provide, and if if you're allowing them to provide, it makes them feel more masculine, um, which is what most yeah. women want. But that's a whole other story um, and a whole other subject. So let's talk about. We just talked about the thing that men wish women wouldn't do on a first date. What would What's the one thing women wish men wouldn't do on a first date? <laughs> well, if we like him, we wish he wouldn't walk away without saying, hey, I like you. Would you like to go on another date with me? Because, oh, my God, that calms our nervous system down. We can, like, breathe and know, okay, he thinks he likes us or he thinks we're beautiful or whatever he says, right? And if we don't like him, we hope that he doesn't do that. <laughs> so that's really not that useful of an answer for men. Sorry, guys, who are listening, because you're like, how the hell would I know, right? But 
Another answer is one of the things that's a pet peeve for almost every woman I know is the terms of endearment that Mm. are given to strangers. Don't call me sweetie and beautiful and high gorgeous and hey babe and gal and all the things. I don't know you and you don't know my flavor yet and you don't know that gal really annoys me. So no sweetie. Oh, darling, <laughs> meet, meet me first, and then we'll think about it. Yeah, yeah, so many women complain about this. They get, they like, will immediately if it happens on an online dating site, and the guy will say, "Hey, beautiful. Hey, sweetie." It's like, ugh, <laughs> block, and delete. I get it. You know, and I get it. He's being friendly. He's being flirty. He's giving her a compliment. I totally get where guys are coming from. But for mm-hmm. women, it's just, I, I can't stress it enough. And Sandy, you just too, it just, it creeps us out. Mm-hmm. And I think women need to just be honest. Like, you know, I appreciate that you're, that you want to call me a term of endearment. And I ha- can I just share with you how, how it feels to me? Um, and when those terms of endearment become okay for me, you know, and I mm-hmm. think if we check in and we speak up instead of, tolerating or I mean I had a guy once call me sweets and it, it drove me nuts I mean we were already in a relationship and he would say hey sweets and it was really like um so um like no to the sweets to say? Like, no sweets yeah candy maybe no anyway um <laughs> <laughs> so um but I think you know we all have different preferences you can go to a, a, a we have like our postal people, the people in the mail, um, in the post, in the post office, postal people, um, yeah. they, there's a woman in our post office who always says hun and honey and sweetie. Um, it's just the way she talks to every single person who comes in. And for that person, it's totally normal. But for some people, it may really rub them the long way. And this, this is not in a dating situation. Um, I have yeah. such a double anyway. standard. I don't mind it when it comes from a woman. I'm sorry. Double standard. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I, probably because it's not a sexual thing. Yeah, right. although my sister was on a webinar with, with um, a love expert who called everybody hun, and mm. it really bothered her. It felt very demeaning to her. Um, mm. And also, you know, just like you don't know me. Like, are you it, – it just felt off. She couldn't really figure out exactly why. Yeah. Ah, anyway, yeah, it's all personal preferences. Um, so let's talk about dating after 40. And why do you feel that it takes longer for people over 40 to find the right fit partner? Well, I think anyone over 40, all they need to do is look at what they needed at 22, and they can see it. When I was 22, I met my my first husband and he is an awesome person he's been in my life for 30 years I really 28 years I really love him to this day like my brother and who he was was he was really cute and he hung out with all the cool kids and he was really cool and he had a record collection of over 500 records and when we went out he would pay and he would get us around San Francisco in a taxi and that was what I needed to marry him Okay. <laughs> Absurd. <laughs> Absurd, right? Yep. And he was he's a fantastic human being. And that wasn't all I needed. 
So at 22, we don't know what we need. We might know what we need now, but we, we don't know what we're going to need at 35. And at 40, to be honest, we don't know what we're going to need at 55. But at 40, we're going to have a better grasp on who we've become as a mature adult. And we know what we tolerate and we know who we are and we know who we're not. So it becomes trickier because we have to navigate being happy. Because anybody can get married. Anybody could find someone standing next to them that's sort of cute and go, hey, let's do this thing. All right. I mean, you see all the time. The size 18 lady on the front of the National Enquirer married seven times in six years. Her last one was in Vegas. They knew each other three days. It happens. Mm-hmm. Right? We can do this. So it's not about finding someone to marry. It's about finding someone that you can be happy with, someone that will empower you, someone that you can have an enhanced life with. Because it's not about the trade of marrying off so we can all keep the farm together. It, it, we're mm-hmm. living in land of enhancement. So we used to get married because we had to out of necessity. Now we get married because it's an enhancement to our life and we want the emotional connection and the support to do a bigger life than we can do on our own. Mm. Takes longer. Yeah, I agree. Um Although it took me a long time in my 20s, too. <laughs> I I thought I knew what I wanted. And I was 28 when I married my husband, almost 29. And I had pretty much given up on love, um, you know, just based on my family blueprint, based on past experiences. I had my heart broken for the last time, and I was just like, I'm, I'm not going to open up again. And I married this guy who was crazy about me and I thought this is the formula you marry somebody who loves you more and he's got good values he's going to be a good dad and he's fun he was a comedian you know he thought wow that's that's all I need and as soon as the emotional piece came in um, it was an epic fail and I stayed married for 23 years to somebody who could not support me emotionally Mm -hmm. at all and so it's this is why I do the work I do today because it's so important to figure out what what were what were our blind spots what why did we make those choices what needs did we have back then and what do we have now and when we know that core of who we are and the core of what we need then it's easy to recognize it when it's there and when it's not there and like everything you've been saying it's you know no nope, can I circle not back right. to something that can I circle back to something you said there? Sure. You, you said you got married at, at 29, and oh, my goodness, how old were you? You were so old. Oh, I, <laughs> I mean, thought I was it's old. Laughable. <laughs> it's laughable to us now, but it really did feel that way, yes? Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought yeah. I was ancient, and I wanted to have yeah. children, and if I waited any longer, I wouldn't be able to have kids. I mean, my life was over. My ovaries were drying up. I was over the hill. I had dated every single eligible man in New York City. I mean, I had yes. so many limiting beliefs, um, but now yeah. I know. And now, so, I, you know, I think that when we if get married, if for those of us who did get married younger and, and are now divorced, um, that marriage for me was for building a family, was for having children. And this time, if I get married again, or definitely if I have like a live-in partner, it would be to enhance my life and not not to raise a family. And it's a very different focus, like you said. 
Yeah, and I just want to say one more thing about that because it's really obvious to us when we're younger and we're going for the hot bad boy that we're being triggered by chemistry, right, and that we're Mm -hmm. choosing from chemistry and not necessarily from compatibility. And as we age a little bit, whether we're 29 or we're 39 and we still want to have children and we want to make that happen because tick-tock, tick-tock, right, we think, Mm -hmm. okay, so now I'm more mature, I'm growing up, and I'm not picking from chemistry anymore, I'm going to pick the guy who's going to be a good father, right? But what women don't realize is that's still chemistry. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it's a different flavor of chemistry. In other words, picking a guy because he's a great father is just as bad as picking the one you have hot chemistry for because mm-hmm. sometimes we forget to ask the question, do I like him? Mm-hmm. Do I respect him? Do we have enough material to go the distance together? No, but yeah. if you're a good dad, that's chemistry. Yeah, and so for me that was safety. You know, it's like we yes. talked about earlier about the financial safety that women are looking for. They're looking for, you know, we're looking for safety. That is our primary need, emotional, sexual, physical safety. And look at all the Me Too movement. You know, it's it's all about us speaking out for our own safety, but then we go to the other extreme and we become guarded and we become suspicious and we don't trust. And so it's that balance of heart and head. You know, one is all the way in one extreme and one's the other extreme, and we really have to have a balance of both, I believe, to to have the best relationships. Yeah, and that instinct for safety will have us sell out sometimes. I mean, I look at my own history of dating 121 men and man the ones with really really high status mm-hmm. i would have sold my soul right one guy in particular it just super super rich mansions in multiple cities across the country rich speaking mm-hmm. engagements at 40,000 to start right and mm-hmm. he was mean he was literally mm. mean to me and then wanted to make it up with jewelry and mm-hmm. I, I thought about it. I was like, I can do this. No, you can't do this. <laughs> so thankfully, gifts are not my love language. It's last on my list, so I was able to bet. But, <laughs> yeah. but it's, we, I mean, that's like that kind of security. We will sell our soul. It's, it's, it's disheartening, you know. And, again, yeah. you be gentle with yourself and go, oh, yeah. I'm not going to do that yeah. again. Okay. It, it's so true. I mean, and I've done the same. I had one guy who was very wealthy and charming and funny, but mean. And I, I walked away from him because he was mean. I said that to him. I said, you are not kind to me, and I'm I'm leaving you. And he said, well, can't we just be friends? I said, you're not my friend. I mean, friends <laughs> don't treat each other the way you treated me. So please don't ever call me again. And I cut it off. I mean, it's it takes focus and courage and self-love to be able to walk away from the wrong men. So let's talk about that for a minute. I know we're pretty much really, really out of time, but I, I want to get to this. Um, so two things. First, uh, how long should you do you believe people should date um, to know that for sure whether they should move on or not? Well, first off, I just want to say I don't want any woman to have to go through 121 first dates. I'm not an advocate for dating lots and lots and lots of people. Uh, I just want to make that clear so in my answer it reflects that. But I don't have a rule for anybody. I don't think 
we're we don't we're not served by using a rule for every person. I think that a couple of dates uh, uh, try for at least three because sometimes it takes three to have him grow on you. If that thing is going to happen, it happens sometimes, rarely, but not all the time. But it does it does happen, and that can mm-hmm. be pretty great. Um, so I'd give it a few days. If you really like him, you respect him, he's hilarious, he's just a little shorter and a little balder than you wanted him to be, right? <laughs> but you yep. like who he is as a person, not bored, you like him. So if you like him, then give it a few dates, two, three, four, five, six, eight at the tops. But don't go several months. If he hasn't grown on you by a good half dozen dates or so, you need to cut bait because then the next thing that happens is his attraction and soon-to-be love for you will cause more pressure, and all your friends seeing you dating a really great guy will also cause pressure, and then you won't want to break up with him because of the pressure that you feel from everyone around you. Hmm. Good advice. Um, and, And pretty much everyone who I know who's fallen in love, especially at this age, has fallen in love with somebody who they didn't expect somebody who it took a few dates and they weren't exactly their type and they weren't exactly the height and the look and the I mean women who say I only want to date a man with a full head of hair and they're 60 years old it's like ah, you're neg- like negating like most men out there <laughs> so and yeah, you have to have a perfect body <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah so one more question and then um, I'd love for you to share a link to your book and whatever else you want to promote um, sure. So what is that one thing that you want people to look for in a date to see if there is lasting potential? I want them to not look at him or her. What I want you to look at is yourself. So when you're on that date, instead of, am I attracting him? How am I doing? Is it, is it getting me? Instead of that, shift gears and look at, how do I feel right now? Am I freaked out? Am I trying too hard? Or can he see who I really am and this is easy and flow and I feel funny with him? I feel like I am with, when I'm with my best friend. How am I doing instead of does he like me yet? Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I, I think people go in saying, I hope he likes me, and um, this is what we talked about in my Ace to Date program with Bobby Palmer. It's, I hope I like him. And and how do I feel? The feeling part is what people miss all the time because they got that checklist and he's got to be in the C-suite and all those other things that keep you from how do you really feel? And you have to ask 16 people how you're supposed to feel because you've lost touch with how you really feel. Um, yeah. So we don't want people to do that. Um, but Wendy, this is fabulous and I, I could talk to you forever. I, I really feel this kinship and it's so much fun to talk. Me too. Um, so, oh, thank you. Um, so tell us how people can find you, find your book. Give us links. Yeah, you can find me at wendyspeaks.com, and that's W-E-N-D-Y-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. And I've got a lot of free stuff on there, and there's one particular free thing that I want to give to listeners, and that's it's called First Date Success Secrets Revealed, and it's on the products page. It's free. And what it is is it's three different videos. One will tell you, oh, God, don't ever say that on a first date. He'll turn. (laughs) And the second Mm -hmm. one is, okay, well, now you're not going to say all these things, and you're not going to use your checklist. What are you going to talk about? And then the third thing is what you should be paying attention to and and what you can look for to sort them in and out. Mm 
Mm, love it. Love it. Well, thank you for helping women find love in, and for sharing your story and your secrets to love and uh, wish you the best of success in selling this book and, and all the beautiful work that you do, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sandy. My pleasure. Um, and thanks, everybody, for joining me today. And um, don't forget to check out the Love Mastery Program. You can go to lastfirstdate.com and click on Group Coaching to find it. That's the easiest way to do it. It expi- it's, The registration is closing at midnight on Friday, January 12th. So please join us before the doors close. And I want all of you to go on your last first date very soon. Have a great, great day.